Welcome to Sex Tech Talk, where we talk about sex, technology, and the ever-growing sex tech industry. I'm your host, Michelle, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Michelle with Sex Tech Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode today. This was a wonderful interview I did with Shakun Fethi. She is the founder of Tickle.life, and I hope you love this episode as much as I loved talking to her. If you want to help support my podcast, you can leave me a review. I haven't gotten any reviews yet, and they would really help me boost my ratings. So if you liked this episode, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, go ahead and leave us a review below. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. I'm Michelle, and this is Sex Tech Talk. So today we have a guest with us. We have Shakun Sethi, and she is the founder of Tickle.life, which is a sex tech-friendly platform. So you can do lots of things on Tickle.life, and she's going to tell us all about it today. So Shakun, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Absolutely. Thank you so much for pronouncing my name correct and checking with me. Cool. Yes, of course. All right. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first? So tell us about yourself and then tell us about what you're doing with Tickle.life. Oh, uh, you know, it's so interesting. Whenever somebody asks you uh, about yourself, it, I think that's the hardest question ever. But, <laughs> it is. <you> know, <laughs> but just to answer, um, I'm Shakun. I'm, I'm Indian by uh, nationality. Uh, I come from a very, very small town in India, and I'm pretty sure nobody has ever heard of sex tech here. Uh, so that makes me that makes me an alien here. But but it's fun. I keep on traveling. I love traveling. I've been fortunate enough to live in Europe for a few years. The reason why, you know, you know, you start understanding why sex tech, why sexuality, why you know, once you get that exposure. So I'm really thankful to that. So. If I tell you a bit about my journey or Tickle's life journey, it started with just one question, which was discoverability. So when I really, really wanted to know about a good sexologist, it took me two years to find the right one. And in my head, the the, the reason was that there aren't many. But on the contrary, we all know that you know there's so many people around you know, who are really good with sex, sexuality, with sexual well-being. So I, I mean, it's a $1 trillion industry. So, of course, you know, there are, there are millions of professionals. Right. But still, the problem was discoverability. Yeah. So, uh, so the best solution that I thought was, okay, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm just going to create a content platform and we're going to see how it goes from there. So when I started the content platform, since I'm not from the industry and I was a novice and this was more like a pet project where I wanted to learn things, so I started inviting other people to contribute. So we ended up having more than 356 people, the professionals oh, writing. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Like, you know, while sitting here, while sitting in India, you know, like working with people in North America and Europe. So it, it, it was crazy. But the problem started coming in, you know, and that's actually the challenging part because this is not my first startup. So, so 
so I'm and I'm more of a problem solver. So what I could see was if I was doing the same kind of work for any other industry, my have been at least 60 to 70 percent more if not 100 mm. so what was stopping me yeah so the, the traffic is not as high as you would expect uh you know more people people are talking about it people are telling you about your newsletter people are telling you about your content but still you cannot see it on your google analytics we had to create a podcast i i, I went to my lawyer and then she told me that hey you know what have you read spotify's uh, anchors terms and condition and i was like no and maxine uh, my lawyer, her response was like, just go and check because it says that, you know, it's not sex positive. So what if your content completely gets down the next day? And Michelle, the thing is, whatever we've done, we've done with a very small amount of money. So we did not have extra money. And we were, I was really skeptical that what if I create something, I invest and tomorrow my content just goes off. Mm. Yeah. So then the solution was go back to the team, you know, like uh, fortunately I had a tech team and asked them what is the solution. So they said, you know, we can just like, you know, make make a makeshift podcast hosting, which is kind of like a server. So we host our podcast there and then it just shoots down to all the other streaming platforms like, like Spotify, iTunes, so that even if they take you off, we still have a content, which was mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. So I did that without realizing what I was getting into. So I'm just safeguarding myself. The second thing was the newsletter. Um, got to hear that you know Mailchimp has been banning people. So my skepticism skepticism was I need my data. I need to safeguard it. I need to know how many people are opening it. So again, I went back to my tech team and they said, hmm, we can create a newsletter, but you will not be able to use it. We will use it because it's just like a shitty tech, you know, like creation <laughs> techie people can understand and i was like you know that's fine as long as i have my data i have you know like things go in people's inbox rather than in spam so perfect we technically were having our own infrastructure created when i had uh so so what we did was we ran the biggest workshop in the world by that what i mean is it was held in three different continents there were 10 sex educators there were around about 15 sexual well-being companies there were even drag queens and over 450 couples online wow. you know taking workshops together so it, it's more like a road show but then when you plan this it sounds really interesting but then the problem started again paypal started flagging because where's the money coming from stripe started flagging uh, in fact, when I had to start, uh, set up my company in US, no, no bank wanted to give me an account. So I even then I had to hire a lawyer to get my bank account made. You know, and that's wow. just like right. So, so that's happening. Uh, then, then we got it to know because now we are like so obsessed about terms and conditions. We read about Zoom, uh, which we wanted to use. So Zoom also has very uh, ambiguous uh, policies. So when all of these things are happening, I'm really scared because as it is, I do not have a lot of money, whatever money I have and which I have to spend, what if it doesn't reach my account? Mm. So I, I needed to hire two interns and their role was just, please be on PayPal, just be on Stripe because none of the processors were ready to give me a payment gateway and just keep on, you know, pressing hit whenever some money was coming in. This is not scalable at all. Right. And then the last thing, which was, I think, the biggest reason, um, 
I started having a tiff with my SEO a manager who, who comes with experience of more than 15 years. I don't have 15 years of experience, you know, working, but he had. And I just could not understand, you know, like, are we short of doing the work that we are supposed to do? Why is the traffic so low? Mm. And he completely hands up. Like, he was like, I have no idea. So I again went back to my tech team and I said, like, listen, what can we do? And they said, hmm, can we create our own analytics for our own platform? I said, why not? If that will help, let's see if this helps. And, you know, it's so funny. We were getting, in reality, over 60% more traffic than what Google Analytics was showing us. Wow. Yeah, the traffic was completely different from what you would expect. So, yeah. So when these things happen, you need to take a break and understand what is working for you and what is not working for you. For me... Because I knew at the end of the day, my role is to increase the discoverability of the industry rather than me becoming an expert, which I'm not, because I don't know things. I want to learn things. I'm, a, I'm not an educator. I'm a learner, you know, in, yeah. in, in, the, uh, in the phase of humanity where sexuality is concerned. So I said, you know what, Chuck it. Let me just create and let me just focus on the infrastructure. And let people who are really doing it, like my 365 people who help me, other people who are doing in the industry, uh, on an average, there is 13% increase of people studying about sex and sexuality in US every year. You know, that's so, so, and that's a very big number. So let me make their life easy so that they can make money. So that's why a very important component was payments. So irrespective of what I do, other things, infrastructure, I'm going to make it a point that if they even have to pay me to sustain or even pay themselves or even repay all the loans they have, the money that they are able to make comes to their account. And that's what we're doing with Tickle Charge, which is coming next week, and with the newsletter, where also monetizing is an important part, audio is an important part. And how can we just dumb it down and make it so easy is an important part. And all the features and all the products that you will see just comes with this thought process that everything should be discovered and discoverable when people need it because people really do need it. And this is health at the end of the day, not just pleasure, even though we call it pleasure text tag, but it's much more than pleasure. So yeah, that's exactly. what me. <laughs> yes. And so <clears throat> I've talked to quite a few people in the industry at this point and you know, I keep hearing the same things over and over again, you know, like discoverability and getting banned on social media and like all the censorship and, you know, payment issues. And, you know, this solves so many problems because, you know, you're taking a look at the industry and like solving the problems one by one as you're having them yourself, like, you know, solving <laughs> the problems. Yeah. So that everybody can benefit from it. You know, and I think, you know, people, you know, there's probably a lot of people like me. I have never read the terms and conditions for Spotify, for Apple. Like, I'm one of those people that just clicks okay. Like, all right, sure. You know, so one day my podcast could disappear, you know, and there's nothing more frustrating. And I know a lot of people have experienced this on social media. Like, they've built a following. They've built lots of content. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. Like they have no way to connect to their followers. They have all their content disappeared. The social media sites just took it down, 
So it sounds like Tickle Life is a way for us to know that like our information is safe and it's not going to just disappear because, it, you know, we talk about sexuality. See, um, Michelle, uh, there's another part. We are not competing against any of the social networks mm -hmm. because we will be needing those. Because I'll tell you what, just look as any human being. Okay. Um, and even if I look at myself, because I always think that I am the customer. But I'm also one of the, you know, like the industry people. So whatever I'm creating, like you said, I'm creating for myself first, yeah. you know, with the problems that I have been uh, going through and the problems which I would be like, even for Tickle Pay, uh, Tickle Charge that we are we are launching, I was the first customer, you know, Tickle yeah. Life was the first customer because we wanted to figure out what's happening, whether this makes sense or not. So, but what I'm trying to say is we have to remember that when a person comes, they have multiple interests, just not sexual well-being centric interest. So, so any platform which is just going to focus on sexual well-being would not be able to get as much traffic on as many people, potential target, as you know, like like a platform which is more generic in uh, in nature. And yeah. any platform which is generic in nature is going to uh, make it a point that it is as clean, uh, like, uh, I hope you could see my my face. I was rolling my eyes right <laughs> now. So because they also, because we are not their priority, you know, their priority are multiple other industries. Their priorities are even, you know, like they do not want to verify. So one of the reasons why, like, I'll give you an example, even though I'm uh, digressing, um, PayPal and Stripe usually, uh, stops your account or deplatforms your account is because it has not verified you from day one so yeah. so they make your account they make you work they take their percentage they're happy to show the numbers to the investors but the moment the bank or the processing like visa mastercard will will ask like hey who is this person who is this account what do they do and since they do not have the answer and then when they realize that okay fine you know what that's into sexual well-being that's not my priority or that's not my major markets so might as well you know stop them it's the easy way route and that's what the social media also does so we always have to understand that you know like we can't compete with them but what we can actually do is however we can save our data we should be able to save our data so if suppose if i have 10 of thousands of followers on twitter how do i bring those followers back to my own website or my newsletter, or my, you know, like my email ID, you know, somewhere where you have those. So if you can do that, that is what is important. Because see, ultimately, the need for customers for a company is very different from an individual. So Michelle, like you are a social media manager. How many clients can you cater in a month? Two, three, four, five, 10, 15, 20? Right. Yeah. Usually I have anywhere, you know, anywhere between, you know, 10 to 15, sometimes 20. Cool. So if it is 20, so if I look at it with the 10% success rate, yeah, of yeah. of any sales funnels and 10%, I'm, I'm just being very like optimistic. You can look at just even 2%. So even if I take 10%, technically you just need 200 people in your sorry 2000 people right I'm, I'm bad with maths so whatever 200 to 2000 people uh on your platform you just need to engage with those which yeah. 
for which you do not know, need those thousands of Twitter, you know, as your followers. Right. right. But if I am a company, Tickle Life, my thing is there are thousands of Michelle who are on my platform. So 200 plus 200 plus 200 plus 200, then my number changes. Yes. So all I'm trying to say is social media is important, but competing with social media for any sex tech company is, I, I, I just think that, you know, uh, there's so many other things that we can do. There's so many other places where we, we can find our target audience, our people. We should concentrate, we should try to concentrate there while keeping all the social platforms as more of a hygiene, because like we also have it. Yeah. But if suppose tomorrow my LinkedIn goes off, I don't care because I have all the data ready. I know that my target audience are coming from colleges, even when I was completely B2C content. My target audience is, you know, from my friends to friends. My target audience is those 37% people who open my newsletter every single time I send one, which is every week. So my those 13,000 people on my newsletter are my target audience, you know, directly. And they are going to spread the word. Right. So we just have to understand that we are different. We are special. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we have to be special. <laughs> yes, we do, you know, and that way, you know, if all of a sudden social media does shut down your account, you didn't lose everybody. They know where to find you. They're getting emails from you. You know, it's not like you just completely disappeared into thin air. Yeah, but that that's what we'll have to do, no? We have to get their data rather than just engaging them on that platform is what right. I'm trying to say. So, yes. so like yeah, so like all my Instagram account, uh, sorry, all my LinkedIn people, they know that my email ID is on my profile. So if they really have to get in touch with me, and even like when we we talked, the first thing that I did was, hey, you know what, let's let's catch up over over a call, and the call was not on LinkedIn, you know. So so there was a reason why because I wanted Michelle in my in my books. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, too, you know, it's not only just the censorship, but just the fragility of like the servers, you know, like, do you remember like when Instagram and Facebook completely blacked out and they were down for what was it like a whole day and like nobody could get on? So it was just like, you know, then how do you reach your audience? You know, so you need so social media needs to be like an asset or a tool. It doesn't need to be the only thing you have going on. Absolutely. So that, you know, and this is the reason why we actually started it, that most of the time what happens is we keep on talking about, hey, we got banned here, we got banned there. We just have to accept that that's going to happen, you know. Right. But what is our plan B? Unfortunately, because, because we are in a hard industry, because of the political unrest, because there, there are so many you know, pointers attached to this uh, sector, we always need to have a plan B, but we always also need to have a safety net, yes. which other industries would not need to. So if I suppose if I go to an investor tomorrow and they just evaluate me on my Instagram followers, I should doubt the investor, you know, because that means that investor does not know the environment and the industry. And like you said, something happens to Instagram or something happens, you know, like their analytics completely changes or they completely start blanketing, you know, anything to do with sexuality. I'm done. Yeah. 
so so yeah so so that's an interesting uh point that i always think uh personally i'm really excited and really like you know um excited about the payments if i'm being real 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 honest because i think at the end of the day if we have the money as an industry we can make a lot of changes we always talk about the potential of the kind of money that we can make but most of us are not able to because of all the you know constraints that we fall under yes definitely so i wanted to talk to you too about the payment processing so like who is your ideal customer for payment processing is it like anybody in sex tech is it you know like therapists bloggers like tell me a little bit about who you see your customers being so um so on top of uh you know like uh if i, if I look at the th three major major priority from the professional's point of view is divided between somebody who's a content creator who's making money uh, or wants to make money and they just want to be sure that they would be the second one is going to be sex educators and the third uh, bracket is going to be you know like urologists plastic surgeons because they also fall under high risk um therapists psychologists sexologists coaches that's three the fourth one is because it's payments and it's so um, you know, like you can do so many things with it. Like it completely depends on you because you're getting a dashboard. How do you want to use it? So companies also fall under it and companies can be sex tech and sexual well-being companies. And the fifth one is just because the kind of uh, interaction that we have and we are actually creating merchants. Everybody is a merchant rather than a sub merchant. Mm -hmm. So they have all the, uh, you know, uh, freedom to do what they want to do. You know, so so maybe a sex educator in the eyes of a, a bank is not a high risk. So that will be treated maybe like a any educator, you know, any professor. So their payments are going to be different. Their merchant account and their transaction is going to be different from somebody who is who is running maybe an ethical porn site or maybe, you know, running something which is adult centric is completely different. So we will be taking all of them uh it's just like you know like it it it's more like a case to case basis because what we're trying to do even according to the banks has never happened before so we ended up taking like around 4 months just educating the banks and the processors and the and the gateways as to what do we want to do so the final solution that we had was okay like what we are going to do is every case is a case to case basis so if suppose michelle comes tomorrow or athena comes tomorrow we'll take the initial information we need we'll go back uh, you know and come back after 48 hours after discussing with the banks what sector you fall under and accordingly we'll take it up so it, there's no like you know hey everybody's equal as long as we're in the mutuality industry let's talk and then figure out what it is that that's you know stopping you um there are a lot of high risk payment gateways who just work with the adult sector and they do not work with the sexual well-being industry and the reason is because we people have a very small ticket size yeah so that is also the interesting reason why we thought about you know let's just completely switch it so we become the sexual well-being uh, uh what do you call it industry payment gateway and processor but if some adult platform also wants to come and work with us and if the ideology matches we will surely take the application forward and if they think that the rates really work with them and the banks and the processors then please please be our guest and you know just just go ahead 
Yes. So every person is like individually looked at. It's not just like a broad application that goes through like a computer system. Like you guys actually look at every applicant. So, uh, so, uh, so even like, you know, in the newsletter, it's AI incorporated, even the payments are AI incorporated of, you know, checking each of the profiles. So initially, it's going to be like, you know, man versus machine. But with time, we will start evaluating because see, Michelle, it's not fair that if you're just an educator, you're, you're, you're and you're just teaching in schools about sex education, that a bank will give you a merchant account, which is for high risk when there's no high risk ever related right. to you or you're not even a part of the adult industry you know so so how do we segregate it so the best solution was let each case be as a separate case and then let's just learn from there and and we will have a better maybe a blanket statement maybe in once we cross 100 users we just have our starting so i don't know how many we'll get yeah. so so so, but but yeah so this was a reason you know it was it, this decision was taken after understanding what the situation is what the problems are and how do we take it up yeah so what about like individual people who do like online sex work like cam girls and stuff like that so would they be a good candidate or is that not quite the niche see we are not directly targeting them but again if they want to come what we're going to do is we are going to uh, refer them to the payment partners because our payment partners also have um, experience of working with high-risk companies completely whole and soul you know so they have another vertical so we will just refer them there and the reason is a lot of my advisors on the board they have been working with sex workers mm, and cool. we have the organizations like woodhull uh, like Ricky was was the one who sat with me on designs and you know like why you need audio why the the font has to be bigger why you know like yeah. you need you know so so it was just like even from the disability point of view so so it's just like we don't want to lose someone but otherwise if you ask me who is Shakun aggressively going to go and call and talk to Shakun is aggressively going to go and talk to anybody who's in the sexual well-being industry uh, but if there's some other people in the sexual sexuality industry who think that they are not able to sustain, they're not able to make money and they are being prejudiced again, even though they're doing the right work, which I really believe they are, come to me, con contact me, at least get your, you know, like your, your application to the, to another department and let's just try to figure it out. Yes. And that is so cool because I'm not an expert on sex work. But I've, you know, been like paying attention to the conversations that have been happening on social media, like on Twitter and stuff. And, you know, that seems to be a big issue is like accepting online payments. Um, so that's where that question came from. I was just curious because it does seem to be a problem. You know, it was actually payments was an afterthought for me. Uh, so what we were doing was um, so I just slept one night. Okay. After a very exciting call of, you know, this is the plan. This is how we're going to work. And while sleeping, the you know, like sometimes you just ask questions <laughs> yourself while you're sleeping. And I'm like, okay, so now people can do their work. Yeah. And people can be discovered. But actually, how long will they sustain doing this? You know, unless right. they get work or unless they get money. So how will the money come in? And that's that's why I had to hold on for a year 
to figure that problem out. And wow. I thought that would be the easiest problem to solve because they're already, you know, like there's so many payment gateways, there's so many processing, and adult industry is already a complete market. So high-risk payments is there. By the way, I hate that our industry is called high-risk mm. because if you look at the, uh, the definition of high-risk, anybody in the sexuality industry should not fall under it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, so what I was saying was, uh, so then I was just like, you know what, how are they going to pay for it? And how are they going to make money out of it? Because if they're not able to, then whatever you end up doing, you might even end up creating the second Facebook, but they will still not be able to use it because you need money at the end of the day. I need money at the end of the day. Right. You know, I've been strapping for two years and I can't. So 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 yeah so then i woke up then went out asked around and that's the story so athena has has a question right yeah. yes yes i see athena's question okay so <clears throat> she asked are you going to create or maybe you already have it a sex tech friendly resource guide for business friendly website designers copywriters marketing and branding consultants legal services tech services etc yeah, actually, uh, Michelle, if you remember that we were talking about the matchmaking tool. Yes. Uh, so then we have a very small team, uh, but the plan is at least the next couple of months, uh, we will initiate a matchmaking tool. So what happens is people who are, have been using our services, they already get a hub. So they are inside a hub and inside the hub, they can actually see other people as well. And we will start inviting, uh, uh, you know, like bigger brands, um, inviting, you know, web designers, copywriters, marketing who are looking out for work. So it becomes more like a matchmaking. Like even if I'm a, I'm a podcaster, I'm looking out for guests or I'm looking out for sponsors or or I'm just looking out for, you know, co-branding or I'm looking out for cross-promoting. So everything can actually happen from the matchmaking tool, which is inside your hub. So this part will form a part of it. But otherwise, if you think about from a content point of view, that's a strategy, content marketing. So like we already have 1800 plus blocks, but they're very B2C, like, you know, for the end user. So we started creating content, which is very B2B and which would, um, you know, cover a lot of these points like resource guides, which is also going to be open for all. So, so yeah, so that is in uh, work in progress. Awesome. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you too was to like just briefly describe like uh, like so if you're in the sex tech industry or sexual well-being industry and you want to be a part of Tickle Life. So you offer podcast hosting, payment processing, and then there's going to be this matchmaking going on where we can kind of centralize like the sexual well-being industry into one place. Okay, so what so what are all the services you're offering right now? Oh, the newsletter. Did I miss something? Um, so, uh, so the newsletter is the beta newsletter is already out. The newsletter is uh, has AI feature to evaluate if you're using a word uh, which you are not using, like you know which you're using, which is which is taking you to the spam or flagging you as a adult centric no no industry. So, yeah. so, so that feature usually tells you before you send that, hey, maybe you can change this word or maybe you can change, you know, like uh, flip this word or whatever. The second feature is audio because we just wanted to increase. And because I'm a lazy being, I hate reading. So I just want like, 
does something in my ear while I do the other work. Yeah. And if I think that this is interesting, then I can just go back and, you know, um, engage with it, which usually doesn't happen with the newsletter. But I've seen that, you know, newsletter really helps in our industry from my personal experience. Um, the third feature is obviously you can, you know, you incorporate Stripe and by next week, uh, Tickle Charge. Um, so once you have that thing ready, you're just done. You know, so your newsletter is up, you just send it across, you can incorporate it on your website. So that's one. Second is next week, like I said, is tickle charge. Um, uh, the pricing that we're expecting is as low as 1.99 plus per item. And per item means, you know, whatever you're selling. So that's why it's case to case basis. But it's, it's, it's actually cheaper than, you know, other people in the industry for sure. Um, the third that's coming is like, like you said, podcast hosting has already been there. So if somebody has a podcast and they just want to host it, you're most welcome. Uh, so once you host there, it also goes on to all the other platforms. And even if you have your own website, and even if you just want to put it on any others, other people's website or mobile apps. So that's coming. Oh, sorry. That's already there. Then we have the blog that's coming where you can have your own custom domain. You do not need to have tickle.live slash blah, blah, blah. It can be your own domain. Mm, After I... that, yeah. <laughs> After that, we have e-commerce because we realize a lot of sex educators end up making money through e-commerce. Again, it's your domain. It's not my domain. Uh, after that, we have uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the final product is going to be out. And then I think I'm going to take a break. And matchmaking is more of you know on the side that's happening. Uh, it's not like something to monetize. It's just to, you know, help the community and, yeah. and, and increase the conversation. Uh, the last is going to be the website builder plus the consultancy slash video, um, tool, uh, which will have incorporation with Patreon, Gumroad, because a lot of us actually end up, you know, uh, going back to Patreon to do our business or to take some funds from our users. So, so yeah, so that's the plan. That's the one year plan. Uh, yeah. That told yeah. That's awesome. So it's just like the one place you can go and get everything. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the infrastructure, let, let us take care of the infrastructure. You do what you do best, which is, you know, spreading the message, uh, selling your products, making people feel comfortable, discoverable. Um, so if I've taken so long to reach here, I don't want other people to take so long to reach here. So please do what you do because, you know, I did not know stuff like Michelle, like that's what I'm telling you. Like if I would have understood this from day one, that these are the problems, I would have actually concentrated here rather than learning um, about what is sexuality, you know, like from a, um, from a very uh, different, uh, like from a professional point of view. Yeah. Like I, I am... I am a customer. I should always remain one. And that's what I want to do. So if I'm a customer and if I need a professional or a company, what does that company need to grow and it'll actually help me? Should they be fighting with the issues, you know, which they are, or should they be giving the best that they can to me after sleeping for eight hours? Yes, exactly. You know, because... That way, you know, the sexual wellness educators and therapists and creators can focus on what they're doing and, you know, they don't have to worry about the tech issues and all of the other problems that come up. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And somebody had to do it. And I think uh, we need to salute to the porn industry for this. You know, the way uh, that even after so many issues, they're still able to retain their uh, importance is because they, they could create the infrastructure. So it's time for us to do the same. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And I think this is going to be great. It's going to be a great way to connect people, to make sure your data is secure, to make sure it's not going to disappear and go anywhere. And then it's all in one place, which is so convenient because, you know, like right now I have stuff all over the place. <laughs> so like I have to go to all these different dashboards and websites and like, you know, it's a lot going on for one person. I get, I get so confused. I'm not a techie. Okay. So my tech team knows that, you know, uh, whenever they have to propose something, I just give them a problem and they come back and explain it to me as if I'm a five-year-old kid, which is what I've told them. Because it's so confusing. There's so many things that are happening. Let's just make it easy. Let's just do what we do. Yeah? Yeah. I have no idea why people complicate and especially technology and tech people complicate. They just complicate stuff. So, so yeah, which is not good. <laughs> right. So let's just make it easy so we can understand it and, you know, get everybody together in one place. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I, yeah. But Michelle, I would love to offer anybody in your audience um, if they would like to try the newsletter, irrespective of, you know, whether they're professional or a company. Um, so we are giving six months for free. As a beta till 15 December, because I uh, we really really want to understand, uh, you know, if they have inputs, if there are more changes that we should make, more incorporation that we will need to bring, and we're not taking uh, any credit card information for that. So if there's somebody who's interested, I would love to talk. It doesn't matter if you have 10 million uh, subscribers or just 10. It's it's absolutely fine, and we can just sit, you know, take you through help you create the template, everything, 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 because that's what we want to do. But we are just going to do it till 15 December uh, because then we'll get all the information that we need. And again, for the payments, if anybody is stuck or they just want to have uh, a secure place, come, let's talk, let's, let's get it done. Um, and then let's just make money. Yes, let's make some money. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And I love, I love that you're offering that for free. That's so great. And so if somebody wants to sign up to do podcasting, payment, newsletter, um, what's like the first step? What should they do? So uh, either you can connect with me or with any of the social networks, anywhere which Tickle is, Tickle is available on, Tickle Life. Or if not that, you can go onto the website. There are multiple <laughs> sign-in options. So just pick one. Uh, put the comment and somebody is going to connect with you on their email. So please make sure that your email is correct. We are not going to spam you, promise. Even if we send you a newsletter, it just comes once a week. So we will not spam you. Uh, but we will need that information to get in touch with you and somebody will call you. Awesome. That's perfect. Nice and easy. So because I know we'll have some people listening to this who are like, that sounds great. Like, how do I do it? So perfect. Yeah, very simple. Just find me. If nobody else is there, I am there. I understand that the founders have to make the first kills. I'm there to make the kills. <laughs> yes, yes, that's awesome. All right, so before we go, I wanted to ask you a couple things about like sex tech and sexual wellness. 
So do you have like a favorite like um, book or podcast or um, like resource related to sex tech or sexual wellness in general? Um, so I've always loved how Bryony, um, you know, talks to people and, and how comfortable she makes people. So I would say future of sex. And if you're talking about the resources, for me, the biggest resource is not a book, um, not any of the posts that I get to see on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or even Xpress. For me, the source is talking to multiple people. Um, so on an average, every single day, I must be talking to two new people. And, and the in the most fascinating thing about this industry is people are ready to. Yeah. You know, they're not going to shun you out. Like it happens in other industries. So I, I think that's the biggest um, eye opener and the biggest learning for me is when, when I get to talk to people from different sector in the sexual well-being industry. So, so if suppose somebody asks me, what do they need to do? Number one is just start working rather than just planning. Because if you would not dirty your hand, you will not understand the issues. You might keep on saying things. I might keep on things, saying things. Edina might keep on saying things. But unless you actually do it and experience, you will not realize it. And the second thing is talk to as many people as possible. Doesn't matter if suppose somebody has just started or somebody has been working for past 20 years. People listen and people want to talk to you. Yes. And that's something I love so much about this industry is people are willing to talk to me. And I think that's the best way to learn is you yeah. make connections, you meet people, you listen to their stories, you listen to what they've got going on in the industry. And that's the best way to find out and learn new things. Absolutely. I can't go. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun because everybody's been really nice and willing to talk to me. Yeah. And like I made my post like yesterday on LinkedIn about all the guests I've had so far. And I impressed myself. I'm like, oh, these people are all so cool. Like I'm so excited. All these people have been willing to talk to me on my podcast. Like this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so funny. Whenever you talk to somebody, you really need to keep your pen and paper ready because everybody is doing some such crazy work or wants to do crazy work. So there's no time just to like you know just listen you have to take notes because otherwise you're going to forget you know because there's right. so much happening and 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 somebody actually told me like hey i are you how come you're so high i'm just like you know because this industry makes you high yes yeah. it's, it's it's an amazing place to be and and the best learning ever it is and it's so much fun like what's more fun than talking about sexuality and then a crossover with tech like, because there's so many different aspects to sex tech. Like, you've got, like, physical products. Then you've got digital products. You've got websites and platforms and, like, all this really cool stuff. Like, there's just so much to learn about. It's really cool. <laughs> I know. And I, I, <laughs> I really, really, I, you know, um, like, if you have time, I would love to know exactly why did you get into this industry? Yeah, definitely. So it happened when I was looking for jobs. So I was looking for jobs and I came on LinkedIn and I came across the term sex tech and I had never heard this term before. And I was like, I don't really know what this is. Like, so I started doing some Googling and some research and like, I didn't find a whole lot on Google. And I was like, hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start connecting with some people in the industry. 
And then I connected actually with a couple other people who were just as curious as I was. They're like, we've kind of heard about this. We don't really know what it is, but it sounds cool. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to find people to talk to and we'll do some LinkedIn lives. And so we ended up doing a couple LinkedIn lives and then um, LinkedIn doesn't allow you to record like for playbacks. And I was like, well, I want people to be able to hear it later on. Like, I don't want it just to be like a one-time thing. And so that's yeah. how I started doing the Google meets. But I was like, you know what, let's just turn this into a podcast because, you know, that way people can listen to it whenever they have time. But yeah, that's kind of how I got started. I was just curious. Like, I was like, you know what, like, I've always really been interested in like the sexual wellness industry. Um, and you know, I like technology. So I was like, how do these two come together? And like, what's the crossover? Because initially, like, it just kind of sounds like it's sex with robots, you know? And like, you know, although that is a part of sex tech, it is very cool. That's not all there is. There's so much more like that's out there. Yeah. You know, it just makes you a better person. Yeah. It, it just you know, like you, you come into the sector thinking, oh my God, it's going to be cool. And you know, like, like what, what you exactly said, but, but if you just sit back and just, just think about it, you would realize that you've become a better person. You yeah. become more emotionally endowed. Your, your EQ has gone up. In fact, even your IQ has gone up yeah. just because of being here. Yeah. And I've learned about things that I just had no idea even existed, you know, and (laughs) services that people provide for other people. I've learned a lot about the disability community. Um, You know, I've just I've learned so much that I didn't know before. And I've only been doing this for a few months. I'm like, oh, my (laughs) gosh, I can't wait to see what else like I learn, you know. Yeah, it's it's just like I also thank thank God that I stumbled here. Um, but, but, but I think, I think this was the best stumbling ever. (laughs) Definitely. And Athena left a comment too. She joined sex tech because she had sexual health struggles. And then she said previously her focus was more on kink and BDSM, which is really cool. And I've got somebody coming on the podcast. Um, is it tomorrow or is it next week? Somebody is going to come on and talk about their book that they wrote that's kind of featured on kink and BDSM. So I'm excited to talk to them about that. So it's really interesting. Yeah. And there are also like a lot of organizations, which, which I personally really look up to like NCSF who work with kinky people. Uh, You know, one of our advisor, Russell Steinberg, the first one who came on board and had confidence in me, he has been uh, advocating about kink for so long. So, so it's just like it's so fascinating, you know, when you when you do not know things, but you've just heard or you've just like, you know, you've you've made an image in your head that this is this. But when you actually get to know and then you just realize, oh, my God, it's so wonderful. So even kink and BDSM and, and kinky people, they are just fabulous and they're so open. Yeah. And they're so evolved, you know, they're much more evolved. You just learn things. You just learn things. Yes. And that's the thing. The more you learn, like, I feel like a better person you become because, you know, maybe an abstract idea might be a little intimidating to you at first. And then once you learn about it, you're like, this is really cool. Like, I didn't know about this. And, you know, or maybe you had some preconceived judgments or notions about something that you really didn't know that much about. 
and then you learn and you, you know, those judgments change and you actually educate yourself about the topic. So I think there's so much we can learn from this industry. Absolutely. That is the reason why I said that, you know, most of the, actually the biggest reason is because there's no, it's so hard to discover right information and right things. So like, even when we think about BDSM, the, the, the easily available thing is about 50 shades of gray. Yeah. Which is, which is in a way, not the right representation of the community. So, so if suppose if the right information, right people, right things are visible, it, is going to be a very different world altogether. Definitely. And I think, I think that's what the entire sex, sexual well-being industry is doing right now. The sex tech industry is doing right now. Yeah, I think so too. And I love the idea of getting everybody together kind of in one spot, you know, so you have like credible people who know what they're talking about and you're not just kind of wandering out there on the internet, like looking for stuff. Like you actually like have a really good resource to learn more. Yeah, I I completely, completely, completely concur with you. Um, so, so Michelle, if I ask you a question, what do you think has been the biggest struggle uh, for you um, after, I'll, I'll say that, you know, being a part of the sex tech com community, the biggest struggle? Yeah, okay, so let's see. I mean, one of my struggles is getting censored a lot. Um, especially like on my personal Facebook page, like I've been trying to like share with my friends and family about like the podcast and what I've been up to and like, nobody is seeing my posts. Like, so that's been really challenging for me. Um, just kind of like that censorship and then also just finding paid work, like a way to actually make money because I'm so interested in this industry. But I'm like, right now I'm just doing this all in my free time because like <laughs> I just there's I haven't found a way to make money yet. So those have kind of been my struggles. But I'm hoping, you know, with the podcast and the website and I started offering some merch and then I started doing a couple affiliate programs with companies that I really like. So I'm hoping to bring in a little bit of income because ideally I'd love to do this full time just because this industry is so fascinating to me. I'd love to just like totally be immersed in it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm on the right track, you know, and that's kind of the thing, like, you know, if you want to do something, just start doing it, you know, like if you have a little bit of time, just start doing it. Like I'm not an expert, but I'm learning and I'm talking to people and like, you know, so instead of just kind of sitting on the sidelines, I'm just jumping in and just doing the best I can and trying to be a part of the industry and learn more as I go. Yeah, and and this is the right approach to take because otherwise, you know, that that's what I I actually said it said before. A lot of time, what happens is we just like sit and we just plan, mm -hmm. but we have to understand this industry would not give you that privilege because right. if you just sit and plan, you would not know ninety nine percent of the things that can work and cannot work for you. So you have to just go in and and which I'm really so um, you know so in awe of you like how you've been able to do it. Uh, okay. like you're all over my LinkedIn. It's just, it's just fascinating, you know, like how you've managed to do, do it. Pretty commendable. For me, I'm I'm a very um I'm a, I'm an introvert person and it I really find it difficult to talk about things, you know, openly. So when I see somebody like you, that really gives me the confidence that hey, I can go, I can talk, or I should just go and talk, you know, rather than just being sitting and just working. 
Yes. And thank you. That is so nice of you to say. I was like really nervous when I started out, like especially on LinkedIn, because like LinkedIn warns you, they're like, don't connect with anybody unless you like know them in person. And like, so it makes you feel bad. Like every time you like send a connect like to somebody. And eventually though, I just got over that. And I was like, you know what? I don't care if I've never met this person. Like if they're in sex tech or sexual well-being, I'm going to connect with them. And then I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to send them a message. I'm going to learn about what they do. You know, so I had to overcome a couple of hurdles. I'm kind of one of those like extroverted introverts. Like mm -hmm. my ideal day is like laying in bed and watching Netflix or reading a book, like, and just like having that really peaceful, quiet time to myself. But then I do also enjoy being extroverted. Like I enjoy talking to people and learning, especially if I'm really interested in the topic. Like it's fun. And I felt so welcomed in this community. Like I don't, I don't get nervous. Like when I'm doing a podcast, like I get excited, you know, like I'm not scared to record and talk to people. I'm just excited to hear what they're going to say. And uh, okay, like, because you asked me a question, I'm sorry, uh, you know, like, it, it's it's as if I'm the, you know, I'm into, it's my podcast, and I'm into no, I love it. I love answering questions. I'm usually the one asking all the questions. So fire away. I love it. So, so my question was, like, you know, when you asked me, like, which is your favorite podcast, or which is your favorite resource, I would love to know about, you know, what is yours, because you've been talking to so many people, you must have, you know, gotten a lot of answers, and you must have explored, because I have a feeling you're an explorer. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, so, so which is your favorite resource, and or the podcast, which, which people should know about? Yes. Oh, gosh. You know, I've been exploring so many different things. And, you know, I haven't really found like a, a sex tech only podcast. You know, I found a couple different sexual well-being ones that I like, you know, um, other than Byronie, she's the founder of the sex tech school. And she had been doing the future of the future of sex one, which you mentioned earlier. That's a really good one. And then I was reading this book, which let me pull it up on my phone. Um, Cause usually I don't like buy eBooks. Like I just do like Kindle Unlimited, but I actually bought this eBook because I was so interested. So let me make sure I get all the info right. I have it saved on my phone, but I'm almost done reading it. And it's been really interesting. And it's one of the only books I found about the sex tech industry. <laughs> okay, so it's called Sex Tech Revolution. And it's by Andrea Barica. So oh, I don't no. know. Yeah. I don't know if I've read that one, but it's really I've good. I've not read it, but I've heard really good things about the book. Yeah. So it's Sex Tech Revolution, um, The Future of Sexual Wellness by Andrea Barica. So I'm like halfway through it and it's really interesting. Um, so that so far has been my favorite book because it's the only one that I found that's really just focused only on sex tech. So that's been one of my faves. And then just like, honestly, like my favorite resource is people on LinkedIn. Like that's been like my favorite thing is to look at people's posts and like I, every day I'm learning something new. So that's yeah. kind of been my favorite. Amazing. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm done with my questions because I was so interested. <laughs> no. I um, so I was like, you know what? I need to know because I need something new to read. So thank you so much for this. Um, I'm surely going to go and buy the book. Yes, awesome. And it was like super affordable on ebook. Um, and then I think she has it on Amazon as well. So, and I connected with her on LinkedIn because I was like, okay, we're going to connect because you seem pretty cool. 
So <laughs> I'm excited. Maybe one day I'll get her to be on the podcast. I'll have to send her a message after I finish her book. So that's, please do. I would love to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. There's a couple of people that I really want to get on um, and chat with, you know, so, and just because I like to learn more about exactly what they're doing and different parts of the industry. So, which I've connected with like the coolest people and I've got some like really good guests coming up on the podcast, like really interesting topics. Um, so I'm, I'm always afraid I'm going to like have a drought and like, I'm not going to have enough guests for the podcast, but then like I get messages all the time from people asking if they can be on the podcast. Like, oh my God. You're actually doing something amazing if people are coming to you. I know that's what I'm like, because at first I was like, I'm going to have to find people, you know, because at first I was just messaging people and talking and, you know, and then all of a sudden now I've had this influx of people messaging me, which is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, like if you're in sex tech or sexual wellness, like, yeah, come on the podcast. Like, I love talking to people. So come my way. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. All right. So we've been chatting for about an hour. So I guess we'll we'll go ahead and end now. But where can people find you? So if they want to get a hold of you, where are the best places to find you and to find Tickle Life? Uh, so if they want to find me, they can find my name, Shakun Sethi, S-H-A-K-U-N-S-E-T-H-I, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Even they can send me an email at Shakun, S-H-A-K-U-N, at Tickle.life. Uh, so it's pretty easy and it's it's pretty available all around or anywhere, you know, any email that you think about Tickle, you know, somewhere it will come to me if you just mention that you want to talk to me and find me. Uh, for Tickle, you need to go and check www.tickle.life or home.tickle.life um, as we are like shifting and moving. Or you can find us on Twitter if you go for Tickle Life. If you can find us on Instagram, Tickle Life. You can find us uh, on Facebook, even though we are not that live. You can find us on LinkedIn. Uh, we're not concentrating too much on LinkedIn right now as well. But we're all over. Just go and look out and just send us an email. We'll get back to you. Perfect. Yep. And I always try to do as many links as I can in the show notes. So once this podcast goes live, I will try to link every social media I can find and every website and everything in the show notes. So you should be able to find everything there as well. Lovely. Thank you so much for this. Yes, of course. It was so wonderful talking to you. So thank you for coming. Athena, thank you for tuning in. I always love it when you're able to come and ask questions. Thank you so much. All right. So we're going to go ahead and end the podcast now. I hope everybody has a wonderful day and this has been a blast. Bye everybody. Bye.